0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today, so prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Um, Actually, don't tell anybody. This is my favorite service of the week because you guys aren't quiet, okay? You scream, you holler, you shout, and you energize the entire room, and I'm, I'm excited about that. But listen, this entire month, we've been talking about something that, that basically declares that we want church to be more than just this gathering. See, this gathering matters. This gathering is significant, but, but really, we want to be known for so much more than a Sunday morning experience. You see, we've talked all month long, and we've said we want to be known for things like joy. And we want to be known for things like authenticity and things like community. And even last week, we talked about being known for serving people. Those are important things. And honestly, there's probably a hundred other things that we could add to this list. But there's one thing that we could not wrap up this series without talking about. You see, when we talk about our reputation in the community and what we desperately want to be known for, there's one thing that stands out in a huge way that we cannot possibly neglect. I want you to read this with me. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, it says, for the entire law, okay, the entire law meaning God's whole plan, all of his expectations are fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Read this phrase with me, love your neighbor as yourself. We're gonna try that again because you didn't participate the way I had hoped you would participate, okay? Let's read this part again. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, that right there is why as a church we make this bold declaration. We are for Milledgeville. We are for our neighbors, We are for the schools in this community, which schools, every single one of them. We're for the businesses in this community. We, as a church, we are for the churches in this community. The kingdom of God gets better when they get better and we want them to thrive. We are for our coworkers, we are for our classmates, we are for this community. You see, the thing is, Jesus didn't die to create a Christian subculture. Jesus didn't die so that we could create a gathering. He died so that he could send us into the world with his love and hand. I want you to think about it this way. How many of you have a Roomba? Anybody? Okay. A few of you have a Roomba. I don't. I have a Dachshund. It's almost the same thing. Uh, It's a little bit louder. Um, I don't have a Roomba, I want one, but the only reason I want one is so that I can give it a clever name, like, um, like Merrill Sweep, or, um, or Katniss Everclean, or Robomop, or, uh, these are funnier than you're acting, but <laughs> the most theologically sound name I could come up with was Martha. I think that would be a great name for it, because, you know, in the Bible she never stops working. But the thing about Roombas is they travel all over the room, and, and they do their job, they pick up the mess, and then they go back and they dock, Right? I mean, they, they, they become stationary for a little while so that they can recharge. But the thing is, they only dock so that they can recharge so that they can go back out into the room and clean up the messes that we make, right? That's their purpose. Listen, I, I hope the same thing could be said about us as a church. You see, we have a purpose, but on Sundays we come together and we dock. We come together so that we can be encouraged we come together so that we can, we can re-engage the spirit inside of us. We, we come together so that we can recharge, so that we can go out and do the things that God has called us to do. So we can go back out into the world and do what he created us to do. Let's take another approach. The book of Acts, okay? Fifth book of the New Testament. You got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They all tell the story of Jesus. Then you get to Acts, and it's the story of the church. It's the story of, of God launching this movement that, that kind of that culminates in, in what we're doing right here, right now, and what we do all, all week long. But as, as the story of Acts unfolds, we see that there's 40 different miracles that take place in that book, but only 39 of them, okay, 39 of them take place outside of the context of the physical gathering of the church. Only one of them happens within the context of the physical gathering of the church. The implication of this is powerful because it means that God can and will move in this community through the church, but get this, only a small percentage of the work through this church will be done from this property. The rest of the work that happens is gonna happen because we embrace our mission, because we get out of our holy huddles, and because we become mobile agents of the church in this community. Let me give you our sermon in a sentence today. Our greatest achievement as a church is how many butts we have in the seats. It's not what I said. We had a massive debate on staff with whether or not I could say that. So um, if you have a problem with that, I'm sorry. But our greatest achievement as a church is that we all agree on the volume of the music on Sunday mornings. I'm glad that's not the case. No, our greatest achievement as a church is how we love the world around us. You see, our success as a church, the thing that matters is that we embrace his purpose. We go out into the world and we make sure everybody knows they matter to us and they matter to God. Listen, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is getting ready to send his disciples out. These are his closest followers. And he's telling them to do this. He says, I want you to go out into the world. I want you to make sure they know that you love them and that through you, I love them too. He says, let me give you some steps to follow so that you can embrace your mission as a church. We're gonna start with the first verse, Matthew chapter 10, verse one. I do want you to know there are as many principles as there are verses in this chapter, okay? First draft of my sermon was 45 pages long, okay? There's a lot of stuff in here, but we gotta beat the Methodists to lunch, so um, I narrowed it down to three of them, but I want you to spend some time this week reading this chapter. We're gonna skip around, but there's so many good things in here. Let's, let's start with Matthew chapter 10, verse one. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him. Okay, he says, lean in, listen up. I'm going to give you something that's important. And he gives them the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Here's what you need to know about this first verse. Jesus has been investing in this region for a while now. And at this point, he's making a strategic move to to expand that ministry in that region through his disciples. And what he does to make that movement successful is he empowers the believers to fix the problems in the community. You see, here's the thing. He doesn't tell them, He's, I'm going to give you a bullhorn and I want you to go out on the street corners and I want you to holler out about what I'm doing for the people here. He doesn't even say, what I want you to do is, is I want you to go and invite people to our next gathering so that I can tell them how much they mean to me. He says, I want you to open your eyes. I want you to identify the problems and I want you to go and fix them. You see, we all know that the greatest need that the people in this region, the people in all regions have is, is the need for Jesus. But Jesus also understands that people can't hear about his love. They can't hear that message while their stomachs are growling. He says, so go find out what's wrong and insert me into the equation. If they're sick, if they're hurting, if they're hungry, if they have a need, go do something about it. Here's the first thing that love does in the community. Love meets needs. Love meets needs. Let me tell you what this looks like in our community. Love fights poverty and it fights financial insecurity. Love fights unemployment and homelessness. Love fights Cancer of the body, but it also fights the cancer of racism that we find in the world around us. Love declares war on mental health problems and addiction. Love declares war on division caused by politics, and it declares war on broken marriages. Love stands up for children with absent fathers and mothers that are trying to raise a family by themselves and they're so incredibly tired. Do you know the statistics in our area I tell us that of all the households that have children in them, 40% of them in this area are single mothers. That's a huge need in our area, and Jesus says, go do something about it. Love meets the needs of the community. But let me tell you something, if we're going to go and meet all of these needs, it's going to take a whole lot more than a church gathering, isn't it? We can't change the world just because of what we do in here. We change the world when we get out of our seats and we proclaim the love of Jesus in each and every one of these situations. Let me tell you about a friend of mine. His name is Brad. Brad uh, was a, a man that I brought onto a student ministry team when I was working as a student pastor at my last church. And Brad was a guy who, quite honestly, wasn't the coolest leader we had. He wasn't the most relatable leader that we had. But what Brad had was he had a passion for giving of his time so that he could serve the kids in our ministry. And so a lot of times I'd go to my leaders and I'd say, hey, you need to get up, you need to move around, you need to spend time with kids. But I never had to say that to Brad because Brad was always out there playing basketball with one of the students that needed some personal time. Brad started going on trips with us and he spent time with the students. He started taking those students out to eat He did some incredible things in those environments. And because he was faithful with what he had to offer, God gave him more. God actually blessed him with a business and he began to use that business to impact the lives of young people as well. He employed them. He mentored them. He he supported them in ways that you could only do from the context of a business like the one that he owned. Brad passed away last week. And every single one of the boys that was carrying his casket... Or boys he had invested in, that he had served, whose needs he had met, people he had loved, and people who loved him. Let me tell you something, if if we're gonna make a difference in this world, it's gonna take an army of brats who say, I may only have this much to offer, but what I have, I'm gonna use to meet the needs of the people in this community. And when God gives me more, when he blesses me, and I'm gonna take that, and I'm going to turn around and I'm going to invest it again in more and more people so that more people are brought into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Listen, it's easy to see the problems in our world, isn't it? A lot of times we see the problems and we, we talk about the problems. and We'll even post on social media about the problems. But what Jesus is challenging us to do right here is he says, I want you to see the problems. I want you to pray about the problems and then I want you to invite me into the problems through your actions. See, we can't fix every problem in this community. But the good thing is we don't have to. We just have to find one that God has equipped us to fix. And we can do for one what we wish we could do for everyone, and God will multiply that, and it'll start a movement right here in Milledgeville, Georgia, okay? That leads us to the second thing that we're gonna pull out of Jesus' instructions. This is Matthew chapter 10, verses 16 through 18, He says this to his followers. He says, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard. You will be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. Jesus warns his followers. He says, if you're going to love the community in my name, it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. You see, for the early Christians, he tells them, he says, you could possibly be beaten or questioned or attacked. You could be imprisoned or worse. He gives them the full picture right up front. How many of you have ever bought a house? You feel like you got the full picture before you purchased the home? No, they tell you all the good things, right? The high standards of the builder. They don't tell you it was built on like a snake mound or anything like that, that it has a history of a leaking roof or any number of other things. But, but Jesus gives us the whole picture. He tells us everything. He tells them what's coming, but still they go. Why? Because they decided that even though it was going to cost them something, it was still worth the cost. Here's the second thing that love does in the community love sacrifices. Love sacrifices. It willingly, with a full understanding of the cost, sacrifices in order to see God move. Listen, I've been holding on to this story for a couple of weeks now. Um, You guys have noticed that we painted the lobby area, right? Okay. Ask a few weeks ago, y'all hadn't really been paying attention. It concerned me a little bit, so I want to make sure you've seen it at this point. But we had a crew in here, and they painted within a week. I mean, we ended service on Sunday. They came in the next Monday morning. They were done by the time you guys came back the next week. It was incredible how fast they worked. And they were in here working. They had everything taped up. It was chaos for a little while. And they didn't finish up until Friday. And and so we started to put the furniture back where it goes. And when we started to move furniture around, we found something in our giving kiosk. Okay, looks like this. We're gonna show you a picture of it. But we found something inside of it. We found $100 that one of the painters had donated to our church. How incredible is that? I want you to think about this. These these guys, this family, these people, they, they don't go to our church. Not one of them. They don't know what God is doing through this place. They spent a few days here, and it wasn't even when anybody was really here. There was nothing exciting happening at all except for the fact that we were painting the walls. But after spending a few days in this place, they said, you know what? I'm willing to invest my pay. I'm willing to sacrifice so that God can move in a more powerful way in this place. Man, that's incredible. (laughs) But here's all I could think about. If this person who knows very little about what God is doing here, could sacrifice to see God move? How much more should you and I, who have a front row seat to all that God is doing in this world through Northridge Christian Church, be willing to sacrifice? What will it cost us to be an agent of God's love in this community? How far are we willing to go? Are we willing to sacrifice our money? Listen, giving right now in this economy is an incredibly scary thing. Inflation is going through the roof. Groceries, we're, we don't even have meat on the stores at our, at our grocery stores right now. A lot of times when you check, but still, when we sacrifice and when we give, God moves. What about our reputation? Are we willing to love people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, even if it means that we'll be labeled or left out? What about our comfort zones? Let me tell you something, 90% of the things that God calls me to do are outside of my comfort zone. And I think it's more dangerous because the older I get, the smaller that comfort zone becomes. I like to be in bed by 10 o'clock, you know? But still he moves when I'm willing to say yes. Loving the community that God has entrusted us with, and it is always going to cost something. But let me tell you something, there's a cost to doing nothing too. Because when we do nothing, there's a world full of people that are living and dying right around us, separated from the love of Jesus Christ. The question is, which cost are we willing to pay? Are we willing to sacrifice and give so that Jesus can be made known in this community? Are we willing to look the other way and let them be separated from him forever? Listen, this is overwhelming, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about changing the world through what we do in Milledgeville, Georgia. We are talking about using our meager gifts to transform the world with God's power. We are talking about mobilizing the church, okay? This church, all churches in a thousand different directions every single day of every single week. How does this even work? I'm not smart enough to accomplish that. I can't organize that. You can't do that. Which is why Jesus ends this conversation with his contribution to our efforts. So what it says in Matthew 10, verses 19 through 20. It says, but when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. See, what Jesus says is, when what we have to offer isn't enough, when we're not smart enough, when we're not charismatic enough, when we're not gifted enough, when we're not influential enough, when we're not important enough, when we're not disciplined enough, when we're not strategic enough, when we're not any other enough, Jesus proclaims that his spirit will show up and he will do the rest. You see, the disciples, they didn't wait until they had enough money in the bank or or margin in their schedules or degrees under their belt. They recognized because of Jesus' words that when the Holy Spirit showed up, they had everything they needed to transform their communities with the love of Jesus Christ. Listen, this is the third thing that we learn about love from this story. Love depends on God. Always love depends on God. Listen, this is the best part of the message for me. I was thinking about it this week and I recognized that, that global transformation is not our responsibility. That's not our responsibility. That's God's responsibility. My responsibility is, is to just partner with him in what he's already doing and use what he's given me to support his efforts. He's gonna maximize it. He's gonna accomplish something with it. He's gonna give me the words to say. He's gonna tell, tell me how to make it happen. Listen, this week I was talking to some of our staff and I had an AirPod in and I was, I was listening because I was getting updates from, from somebody in our church that was sick and, and hurting. And while I'm talking with them, I'm, I'm hearing some voice that's talking to me, telling me what's going on in the world outside of this conversation. And I'll be honest, as I was getting those updates, it influenced the conversation that I was having right then and there. Listen, that's what saying yes to God's mission is like. You see, we, we basically have God in our ear. We have God in our hearts. Nobody else can see it, but he's whispering to us all the time, guiding us, helping us, supporting us, encouraging us, and allowing us to be successful as we speak his love into this community. The only question is this, will we choose to be a part of what he's doing right here in this place? Listen, last week, Mike read a passage. I didn't know he was going to use this passage. And I love that he did, because he talked about Matthew chapter 9. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Well, so that's the chapter right before that, this one that we're talking about today. And it's, it's almost as if Jesus followed that up with Matthew chapter 10, and he said, I want to show you what a few workers can do. Listen, we just need a few people that are willing to say, I'm all in, and I want to make Jesus known in this community. I wanna make sure this community knows that we are for them. We don't wanna grow as a church just so we can have a bigger church. That may surprise you. We don't wanna grow as a church just so we can have a bigger budget. We already painted, we don't need to do it again. We wanna grow as a church so that we have more soldiers in this community that are willing to proclaim the love of Jesus Christ. And if Freedom Church grows, we got more soldiers that are gonna proclaim the love of Jesus Christ. And if First Baptist and Methodist Church and all these other churches grow, there's more people that are proclaiming the love of Jesus Christ. We as believers are for this community and we're gonna ask God to move in and through us so that we can make him known here. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for using people like us. God, we don't have it all together. We don't have it all figured out. We don't have the skills, the abilities, the talents, the know-how. God, sometimes we lack the passion to do what needs to be done. But God, we know that if we attach ourselves to you and what you're trying to do in this community, God, that you're gonna go with us, you're gonna go before us, you're gonna go behind us, you're gonna be all around us as we seek to make you known. God, we pray for revival in this community. God we pray that this church that our hearts would be caught on fire but that it couldn't be contained by these walls but that we would go out into the community and that fire would spread to every single business and location and corner of this county God we want this county to love you we want this county to make the news because of what you're doing in this place because you're spreading your love in a powerful way God I pray that you guide each and every one of us show us what we can do Show us what you've equipped us with. Show us what skills or talents or passions or resources we have so that we can meet one need. And God, one at a time, I pray that you do something life-changing right here in this place. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at